Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. It's time to take a look around the league and we head to week three and the cross-conference games. So it's First and Fifteen, back with the SEA, week three. Back with Steve Podmore, we'll go over the, the week two games. And we'll start at the bottom of the league. And unfortunately, that is the Leicester Huntsman. I mean, I'm not too sure what's going on with them at the moment. Last season, they did very well. I don't know if it's just Neil not being there, but they're now 0-1 and 4, going 0-2 on the day. What's gone wrong with them so far? I don't think anything. I think they've just come up against as we said, other teams improved more than they were given credit for. Uh, Panthers particularly. Uh, we always knew the Longhorns were going get to get a couple of wins under the belt. They were certainly better than than what uh, than a rookie team. And, and that proved to be the case last time they edged them out. Um, 32-21, wasn't it? Something like that. Um, I, I think it's just one of those. You know, We've all been there and you, you lose a few close ones and suddenly you're, you're quite a long way down when you probably could have just as easily been 3-2, and 4-1 and one yourself. So I don't, I don't think particularly anything. They, they looked pretty good when we played them, didn't they? Well, first half. Yeah, I mean, first half they were they were 20 points up. I mean, we couldn't catch anything in that first half. And they were catching everything. Second half, it seemed to swap around. And we ended up with a 28-20 victory. Unfortunately, Neil wasn't on the pitch, so I can't claim that one over him. Yeah, but he coaches them, so I think I think you can. Um, yeah, I, I was quite impressed for us, for our point of view. You know, we we didn't let our heads get down. We were we were down. You know, 20 nils usually enough to uh, to not be able to come back from. I think that's the biggest comeback we've seen in quite a while, certainly in Raccoon's history. And you know, we changed a few things on defence, which helped us massively, I guess. Um, seeing as we shut them out after that, but. Yeah, you know, it, it certainly did. The wind was a factor on that on that day, wasn't it? We had a lot of rain, a lot of wind, very cold. Um, you know, one game it was drying out, one game, that game it was pretty much struggling with anything in the air was going all over the place, wasn't it? So, you know, again, it, it's always hard conditions and you've got to adapt to it. It looks like you've got to say we did in the end, didn't we? I mean, their other game was a 31-26 loss to the Panthers and uh, and also a 32-21 loss to the to the Longhorns. This is the only game from last week that we predicted wrong, and we yep. both got it wrong. We both predicted the Huntsman to win, but as I said, the Longhorns. I think everyone thought they were going to be a rookie squad and come in fresh and not have any clue, and then like take a few years to build up. But I mean, we'll move up to them now. They're one and four. They went one and one on the day. Uh, their other game was a loss, 18-13 to the the Cougars ladies. Do you see the uh, the Longhorns picking up a win this week as they travel to Northampton for Gunslingers, London Flash, and the Lucky Rs if they've got anyone registered? Well, saying they might get the forfeit win. Uh, depends what the Lucky Rs are doing. I know we don't really know a lot of them. They didn't didn't manage to field a team once, did they? Um, I think, like we've said before, you know, they're better than 
than a rookie team. There's no doubt about that. We know they've got they've got kitted players and they've got players coming back to them. Uh, and we've seen that they, they look pretty good. They got their win. I, I think this week that's a pretty tough. Uh, set of I don't really know too much about the Flash. I know they're um, sort of up and coming. They might be able to do something against them. I'd be very surprised if the firepower that uh, uh, you'll see from Grindrod and Jordan Melee and, and Nathan Coles down on the Gunslingers, he's, he's not going to blow any team out of the water, let, let, let these do all the Longhorns. But you never know. Um, they, might, they might give them a bit of a fight. But yeah. You'd expect them to lose that one and probably lose to the Flash just for experience. When we've up the table again, we've got the Cougars ladies. Um, they beat the first one, which was the Longhorns, and then they suffered their first loss of the season. Oh, who was that to? That that would have been that was us with a 12-0 victory. What the Raccoons won that one, did they? Yeah. Um, did we predict that? We did. We did predict well that done. one. Yes. Excellent and work. They were previously unbeaten when we we went up against them. I think, I think you've said it many, many times, and I, I don't want to make it sound really bad. I don't underestimate the, the Cougars, and I don't know if other teams have done that, and, and we've talked about it at length. At the end of the day, we wouldn't, we didn't. Uh, we, we respect them massively. We know what they can do. We know the talent and the skill on it. And we saw it, didn't we? We saw it firsthand. They drove on us a couple of times. Um, that result was 12-0, wasn't it, for us? And yeah, 12-0. Ultimately, it could have easily switched the other way. If you remember, they stopped us. Um, we managed to stop them right at, uh, on the goal line, basically. There was a few stops either uh, way, yeah. and there was a drop pass in the end zone for them. There was. And I think we were at that, that was yeah. when we were 12 0 up, but that would, have, that would have changed momentum pretty quick. And we all know, as you look at the, uh, the Huntsman score at half time, <laughs> momentum can swing pretty quickly. Yeah, you're right. It, 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 we're really, I'm, we, I know we're really proud of that as, as a win, especially as they were unbeaten. Let, let's not um, beat around the bush there. At that point, they were running in with, with, what was it, four wins at the time or something like that they've got, or three wins? Um, uh, two wins and one draw. Oh, yeah, OK. But, so, yeah, they were unbeaten. And like I say, they gave us a game, and it could have easily turned around the other way with you know a couple of things going the other way. We couldn't really punch it in when we got the chances, could we? We didn't really... Put, put them away when we could have done and, and you know we, we did well in, in the end I mean like you said I think it is underestimating the ladies I think that's what the Longhorns did no offence to them but if you've never seen the girls play I mean we've seen it all through Opal and watched them absolutely demolish teams we know what they can do the Longhorns it was their first ever game they were playing them and it you know it shows with an 18-13 loss yeah they, they pulled out a brilliant win there we only saw the back of it because I think we were playing and we we kind of heard the noise of they scoring and as it goes and you know as we know they're a brilliant team obviously the weather probably didn't help them to a degree we know they've put up 40 odd points in the first weeks when it was a nice decent day and that first game was raining windy as we've said before and maybe that caused it to be a bit closer than it would have been but again you, you can't you can't ever think that you've got the, the ladies beat. They're, they've just got so much firepower in their defence. And we saw it again. Don't miss a tackle. In the right places. You know, they're, they're a brilliant they're a brilliant team. And, you know, I'm not sure who they're playing this week because it's down uh, down south again, isn't it? They're, they'll be... Yeah, they'll, they'll have a chance. So the ladies, the Longhorns and the Huntsmen will all be going to Northampton um, to face the Gunslingers, the, the Flash and the lucky R's. And then we move into the top of the table, all top three teams 
this week we'll be going to the, we've got the long journey all the way to Coventry. Yeah, um, I don't know how I'm going to make that. And where we'll face Ware and Leighton. Um, Leighton are currently one and two. The yep. only victory they got was against the Lucky R's and a forfeit. But looking at their scores, they lost to the Wolves 40 to 46, and they lost to the Flash 27 33. So they're not big losses. The Wolves are 46 40 win over Leighton, as I just said. And then a 34 35 loss to the Gunslingers leaves them one and one. I mean, it's quite early for their division, I mean, they've only had one game day. But they have, they, yeah. they've been very, very close games in that division. I'd be scared of the wares. I mean, if they, as we know, lost by points, the gunslingers. If, if you're pushing a team like that that close, you know they're better than than it looks on paper. Um, Leighton, say we don't know too much about them, but again, they've scored a lot of points. Um, that means they're gonna they're gonna be driving. They're gonna be in a position that we're, we're when we play them, we're gonna have to make sure we get points on the board ourselves. And so we look at good. the other the other teams, or to quote Shailen in his recent chat, <sighs> the uh, parasites, as I think he called everyone. Yeah, I, I can't believe that, and, and I do want to distance the views of certain players from the raccoon's official position on these things. And clearly, Shay speaks for himself when he calls people parasites. It's, I, I, I'm shocked, to be honest. I mean, I've I've heard him in the, in the chat groups. That's probably the nicest things he said. Yeah, well, to be fair, but still, you know, come on, Shay. We'll look at his previous parasites at the Panthers. Oh, do you hear what he says about Connor Barron? Dear God. Connor, Connor, I've got 20 yeah. Barron, I think is his full yeah. name. Connor, I live in Lincoln, Barron. I mean, he can't even tell us where he lives properly, can he? I so mean, it, I think terrible. the Panthers so, did quite well last week. They did. 31-26 oh. against Huntsman. Yeah. I and read then, referee that game and Connor, Connor's, we knew it. I know he's coming back to the raccoon sooner or later. Everyone always does, yeah. but I think in the uh, the two games that he played, I think he's now scored four or five touchdowns, which is always a, a bonus for him. Um, but yeah, they, they went one and one on the day, losing to the Cougars uh, mixed team, 21-6. Obviously it must have been a great day for Connor, playing in his hometown of Lincoln. But they're, they're now three and two. We're now three and two. But the only thing separating us is points difference. I mean, they, they've beaten us once by, I think, two points as well. Yeah, it's close, wasn't it? I mean, we've already talked about the Raccoons, but I don't mind going over that, that one game again <laughs> against the Huntsman. It, it was, like you said, it, it was a game of, I don't, I don't really want to say. It was a game of two halves. It was halves, a game yeah. of two halves. Just do it, go with the cliches. But we, we predicted it. Yeah. We said we'd win. Did, did Shay say anything at half-time controversial? Probably did, didn't he? He probably did. But, us up. I yeah. mean, you, you can drown him out after a while. To be fair, yeah. He's only little. But so, we now face Wareham and Leighton. And it's, it's a difficult one to predict. I mean, hopefully we'll have a decent chance to look at them. I mean, we, re we play the first one, I think. And then, yeah, we ref two together because Merthyr aren't coming. I mean, as far as I know, according to the Baffer schedule, Merthyr, even though they've not folded, they've just pulled out of the league this year. They but they they will be coming down to referee one of our games, which I think it shows Admirable. great. It's great dedication to the sport, really. Driving, Admirable. it's what like a four-hour drive. Yeah. 
to come. Maybe they're coming to sort of about being called parasites. Oh, uh, so maybe uh, maybe Shalen's got that happening. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Everyone's got a ref two games at the same time, which is you know the way it's fallen. I mean, I know we're set up for that. Uh, hopefully, the other teams have got enough players to be able to, to do it too. So yeah, it'll be interesting, won't it? But looking for a good day. Looking for a good afternoon, actually. We kick off about 12, 1 o'clock, don't we, on, on Saturday, Sunday? So, yeah, yeah, we'll be on the Sunday, and we do have yeah. to look at the uh, the final team currently top of the table, 2-0 and on the day, 5-0 and on the season. It's the Cougars mixed. They beat the Panthers 21-6, and then beat the Cougars ladies 44-7. Do you think that Ware or Leighton have the firepower that no other team in our division has to actually knock them down a win. I think we said the suggestion is where may have. You know that that gunslinger result said it earlier. You can't you can't overlook it. They're a bloody good team, the gunslingers, and um, the Cougars are, are brilliant too. And you never know. Maybe where have got something in them that uh, that can push them close. But you'd, you'd, you'd say overall it's going to be a, a comfortable win for the Cougars just based on what we we know about them and how dominant they've been so far so let, let's have a quick look at the second and third space raccoons and panthers both on three and two both playing where and both playing Leighton. at the end of next week who do you see being in second place See, no, Pod, Pod is refusing to answer this. No, this I'm going to tell you it's the Cougar ladies because they'll win two games and uh, we'll draw one and lose one. So who are we going to draw against then? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if we both go one and one and we stay the same. It maybe is going to be that kind of season. Maybe we're going to play neck and neck. The Cougars are obviously pulling away already. Um, so it could be quite close and if the ladies or, or even the Longhorns or, or the Huntsmen can get a bit of a roll going this weekend as well uh, you know it's all it, it could bunch up quite quite well at the middle of that table I mean if you bring up the uh, the league table and we'll have a quick look at this one I say it's only points difference that separates the Raccoons and the Panthers I think it, and it's a currently a point, we've got plus seven, they're on minus 15. So it's only what? A couple of touchdowns in between the whole thing. Yep. I mean, if it carries on like this, and we finish second or third, and this one, it goes down to points difference, it's going to be a great season. I don't think there's any team that have really struggled this season. I mean, yes, the... Uh, I'm just pointing out the, the points difference the Coventry Cougars have got. Plus 116 from five games. As I say, I think they're blowing everybody else out of the water. This is where I, I think their closest game was by... They won by 20 points. No. 15 against the Panthers, I'm sorry. I don't want to be Jordan and forget about the Panthers. 15-point difference. This is where I think that... You know, they, they set out at the start of the season and said they wanted to win the division. They want to get promoted straight back yep. up. And I don't see them anyone stepping in their way. Hopefully, no, no. you know, we, we play them again. Hopefully we'll manage to at least keep it a closer yeah. game and maybe lose by six instead. It depends whether you can upset the, uh, the family again like you were going to do and you didn't do very well last time. So, uh, 
Well, we were you know, playing them last time. If you can find a way to hold, hold on to Ben or something and stop him throwing the ball, then you know maybe we'll have a chance. But yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we know that Premier Division team. We said at the beginning of the season they they could have stayed up last year. They just just lost out and came down, and they were never going to get any worse than they were last year. And clearly, they're they're a class above. I, mean, I was talking to Luke Madden about this um, before that numbers is something they struggled with. Obviously, no one has to travel really far this season. I think our furthest game day is Lincoln and Leicester, which you know it's great. I think we've got four yeah. game days in Coventry. Um, if they keep the numbers up, I can see them going. I hope not, but maybe a perfect season. It's, it's certainly on the cards for them now, isn't it? Like you say, it's the same for every team, isn't it? If you have any troubles getting numbers to games, and, and absolutely the way this league's structured that we play very close to home, it does stop you having that kind of attrition of players, some games who, you know, for what they always seem to find a reason they can't make it when it's 40 miles or whatever, or 70 miles. So, yeah, hopefully for them, that'll, that'll keep them, even if they do keep quite a small squad, it probably... Hopefully they'll keep everybody there, and they won't be trying to play five or six players for a game day. So, I, 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 yeah, we've seen it. They're going to be good. They are good. Uh, I'd be shocked if they lose to anyone other than us now. I mean, we we could predict the games. I mean, we we did pretty well last week. We six did. out of seven predicted right. I said the only one we got wrong was the Longhorns Huntsman game. So far this season, out of fifteen games, we're, we're tied nine all. I know it's pretty good, isn't it? We. Uh, we, we, we went the same way with every result, every game last last time, didn't we? So uh, we'll have to see if we can find a couple to differ on this time. But yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, you know, Huntsman let us down, didn't they? That's, that's the only one, but even really then, it, 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 it still would have been tied yeah. on that one. Yeah. So here we go then. Panthers, Cougars and Raccoons against Ware and Leighton. How many wins are each team going uh, to pick up? Everyone's going one and one. There you go. You're trying to, I don't know what controversy, controversy you're trying to make me have. I mean, I'm, I'm really careful I'm not stepping into something that I haven't seen coming. If, if, so. I, want, if I want controversy, I'll just bring Shay on and get him to call everyone parasites. <laughs> to be fair, I, as I say, his views do not reflect those of the Cougars, uh, sorry, the, <laughs> the Raccoons management or team. So we'll be very clear about that. We'll leave it there before we get into any more trouble. And hopefully we'll be back after week three. Welcome to the First and Fifteen podcast. My name is Jordan Mele and this is the South East B review slash week two preview. Um, we know that we're on week three, but for a South East B boys... We are unfortunately in week two. Um, we weren't gifted with an extra week, unfortunately. So, week one review then. Uh, Ware hosted a, a fantastic game day, despite bringing their own barbecue and not supplying any food to the teams. Disappointment on the faces of all the other teams, really. Um, we had the London Lucky R's dropping out last minute because they um, don't understand the uh, time scales of registering players, but, you know, they were handed three losses, so that's fair. Um, 
and so we had Werewolves, London Flash, Leighton Steam, and the Gunslingers battling it out in the division. Um, after week one, we had the Gunslingers sitting on top with a 3-0 and record. Uh, we had London Flash in second with a 2-1 record. Uh, the Werewolves with a 1-1 one one record, I believe. Uh, Leighton Steam unfortunately fell uh, to an 0-2 start, maybe 1-2. and two. Um, I think they were supposed to play the Lucky Hours. Um, apologies, I'm not looking at any information. I'm driving, as you can tell by the background noise, but to all the people listening out there, do not podcast and drive. It's illegal, it's not big, it's not clever. Um, and then sitting at the bottom of the table is the Lucky R's, as we previously mentioned, with an 0-3 record. Um, some really, really good games. Uh, the highlight for me had to be the Werewolves and the Outlaw Flag Gunslingers game. Um, 38-37 to 37 final. No, ignore that. 39-38 to 38 final, I believe. Uh, sorry. Uh, Hashtag no facts. Um, you get that trending on Twitter. Um, it was essentially a one-point game. Uh, the in, in an absolute shootout. Uh, the Gunslingers were tiring, and it was a perfect opportunity with Ware having the biggest squad they'll probably have to a game day um, available. They managed to keep up with the Gunslingers' offense um, and pick on the tiredness of the safeties in the meantime uh, and yeah so they drove down the field with minimal time remaining and scored on fourth down um, after three good stops from the Gunslingers, uh, Gunslingers defence and uh, basically decided to go for two said that a tie wouldn't be enough and some miscommunication between the quarterback and the receivers ended up seeing the quarterback throw out of bounds, um, which you just can't do in that situation. You've got to make a play, especially if you've got the, the cojones to uh, go for two in that situation. It fell short, and the, the Gunslingers saw out the clock for, uh, for their second victory of the day. Um, re- really good battle. I think next time we we see this matchup, uh, the Gunslingers will have will be back to full strength. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how well we travel. Uh, obviously, their home game day, everyone's home game day, always sees a large squad. Um, another game where we saw, which was another shootout, which was the Leighton Steam versus the Werewolves. Um, the way the Werewolves play, we can see um, a few shootouts coming with them. Uh, Leighton Steam took control in the first half. It's, this really was a game of two halves. Um, Leighton Steam were, were running the ball really effectively. Ryan Peacock at QB um, was was distributing the ball well. And um, I think the turning point for me is uh, Leighton Steam receiver, can't remember his name, tall guy, really, really bad podcasting here. I've got absolutely no facts on me. Um, Scored on a deep touchdown, ripped his boot, uh, ended up playing with one boot, one uh, one trainer, uh, and I think that changed the game for me. Um, 
although he did score again with the with the trainer boot combo, um, I feel like he wasn't as effective in the second half. Um, even though he still, you know, still still made plays, but just wasn't 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 getting enough traction from as you would with two boots. Uh, the Werewolves came back in the second half, and um, you know, defense stepped up. They they made some really crucial interceptions, um, and and put steam on the back foot. Uh, late on in the game, Ryan Peacock threw an interception. Uh, Werewolves followed up by scoring and left probably less than a minute. Um, for Ryan to go back down the field to try and to try and basically tie the game, um, unfortunately, just just wasn't enough time, and a few costly penalties moved them back into an even worse position. Um, a really sort of disappointing end, uh, considering the the fast start that the team came out to. Um, I think this will be a, a good matchup once the teams meet again. Uh, but we don't see we don't see another interdivision game um, until June, so there's plenty of time for uh, teams to work out the kinks before then. Um, yeah, the the other team who sits second in the division at the minute, really impressive side, uh, London Flash. They had a tough game against the Gunslingers in a defensive battle from um, you know 27-12 to the Gunslingers, but. Uh, that was really the Nathan Cole show. Uh, five touchdowns. Uh, think that's right. Might not be right actually. Working on my maths. I'm pretty sure it was five touchdowns anyway. Uh, Nathan Cole's just put on an absolute clinic um, of you know essentially catch and run. Um, he made you know I think it was two or three long mazy runs through the flash defense. Um, and, and the Gunslinger's defence stood tall. Jordan Melee grabbing three interceptions and Adam Grimrod catching another one. Um, and that really sort of cemented the lead in the head-to-head, -head, which we think the two will be the two teams battling it out for, for the top spot um, in this division. Uh, that That's about it, really. Um, Flash picked up another victory against Leighton Steam, who had a disappointing day. They were... Going into the season, um, sort of on a roll, had some picked up some really nice victories in the preseason, um, and they 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 fell really to to two very very close games, which could have gone either way. Um, so that that's it for a week one preview. Um, heading into week two, we see the Gunslingers hosting. Um, so the Gunslingers, the London Flash and the London Lucky Yards, if they show up, will face off against the Coventry Cougars ladies, uh, the Leicester Huntsmen, who have had a disappointing start to the season, and the Lincolnshire Longhorns, the rookie side, uh, who are, should be in the MEC, but overpopulation and all that. Um, so in terms of highlights then look going into week two uh, week three for the the three southeast a teams uh, matchups that we'd like that we're looking forward to seeing um, certainly you know Leicester Huntsman we want we want to see them bounce back uh, they were touted for a you know a 500 type season at the minute they're sitting a bit a bit sad at 04 and one 
really, considering some of the signings they've made. We're hoping to see them sort of face off against the Lucky R's uh, in a close battle, um, if they show up. Um, and, it, and, you know, if they do show up, it will be a tough matchup. Uh, for the Leicester Huntsman and they'll be hoping to pick up their first win there. Uh, the Lucky Owls aren't a pushover, they're a physical team uh, from what I've seen of them in the past. Um, but yeah, they'll be, um, they'll, and the same, the same with Coventry Cougars ladies. If, you know, they've had an outstanding start, they play Lucky Owls as well. Um, and they, you know, they might, I, I can see them underestimating uh, the, the the Cougars ladies team, even you know, even though they've had a strong start, they've, they've only got six players signed on the Lucky Rs, and and it's a long travel for them uh, coming out of London. Uh, so it'll be see, interesting to see if they travel well, uh, especially with six. Most teams don't travel well with sort of 14, 15 players. Um, I can see the Cougars ladies coming out with, with a victory in that 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 matchup. Um, the other two South East B teams in the London Flash and the Gunslingers, I think they're going to be a tough proposition uh, for anyone, really, uh, on this game day, especially the Gunslingers, who uh, will be back to full strength. Uh, they, they came in very, very light, uh, but the return, they're returning uh, Aaron Simpson, Jamie Willers, uh, Connor Miele, uh, who sees his first action of the season after signing recently um, you know that really adds a lot of talent to their roster already um, the London Flash it'll be interesting to see how they travel uh, but that you know they are a well drilled team and you know they're, they're deadly as well they, you know they can dissect you so I think I think both of those teams will go undefeated on the day um Sorry, sorry to you know, sorry for those teams who, who face them, but that's 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 my opinion. Uh, but I think then the rest of the games will be sort of will be a, will be quite good battles between some evenly matched teams. And uh, yeah, that that's really it to be honest. Um, you know, there is some games that we're looking forward to seeing, uh, but I don't think this will be as closely contested, except for the games against. The lucky hours um, with the Southeast A teams. Hey, I might be wrong. There's still uh, there's still plenty of football to be played. Um, it's going to be a good game day. But by the sound things, the Gunslingers have got a barbecue that is providing for people. Um, you know, at a subsidised cost to the Gunslingers because <laughs> the Gunslingers are great guys <laughs> and girls. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting day. Uh, so if you want to come down and watch um, some, some great football being played, uh, Pittsford sports pitches in Northampton. There's bacon rolls on arrival, uh, some refreshments for the fans, and, and a barbecue afterwards. So uh, I think it'll be a good day had by all. Uh, following into power rankings, then uh, for the Southeast B. Uh, I think we are, you know, we're seeing a bit of a shift. I think the, the Gunslingers are, are first in the power rankings after their successful week with a, a, a very uh, sparse roster. Um, the London Flash as well. And to be fair, the power rankings is essentially the current league structure. 
Um, although I can see the steam rising up after this game day, um, it'll be interesting to see how steam and where cope with the Southeast A teams, who uh, you know they've got both got a face off against Coventry Cougars um, and Rugby Raccoons, and there's another team as well. Am I forgetting? I'm forgetting someone as well. Um, no, see, this is this is when what happens when you podcast with no facts. But essentially, they both have to face the same teams, and there might be a switch. But at the minute, the power rankings are Gunslingers, Flash, Wolves, Steam, Lucky Hours in fifth. That's it from me. Apologies for the awful no facts part of this podcast. Um, we will see you again. Ne- not next week, but after this game day, where we will re- we'll be recapping week two slash three and heading into week three slash four, where the rugby raccoons will be hosting a cross conference game day. Uh, thanks very much. Sorry for waffling on. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. <laughs>so we're looking at mec east uh, division one we're back with rudy from the roosters let's start away working up the league table firstly it's the uh, the ronin oh one and three their draw game against you guys a 41 41 game was that an exciting game for you ah jeez, it was um it was nerve-wracking to be honest with you it was like end to end um we even went for a two-pointer um, it's just a great game, and to be fair, those those guys they they are a really good team. So I think they're going to cause a, a few more upsets along the way. Uh, so I wouldn't count them out because they got some great players, and um, no, it was a great game. And I'm sure that they're going to give a lot of the other teams a good run for their money. I mean, they, they were dispatched quite easily by their big brothers at the Samurai, forty-two nil. But the Samurai are currently topping the table. Um, we moved to the Vipers Orange, one and five. Um, they lost to the to the Blackhawks this week, and then, I mean, the Samurai. If you look at the the points difference at the moment, is why they're leading the table. They're currently on. I think it's it's over a hundred easily. Um, hang on, I'm just trying to one hundred ninety seven points. Is their points difference? Wow. Um, I mean, eighty-two of those points came against the Vipers Orange. What? What's the uh, the Samurai secret this season? I think they've got a point to prove that they, you know, they want to show that they belong in, in the big league, and the fact that they're they're trying to score as many points as possible shows, like, a that it's quite a tight group anyway. You know, the top two, three. Um, so the more points you've got, you know, come the end of the season, the, the better chances that you will be, uh, you know, at the top. And I think they're just being totally ruthless, you know, and like to score in as many, you know, many scores as they can, generally for that fact, which I don't blame them for. So, yeah, I mean, they're a great team. And if they're not up there towards the end, then I'd be very, very surprised. Um, I would put them being down as automatic. Um, 
yeah, so they're just a great team, really. And they've got a couple of new guys I've not seen before, and some of the the older guys. And they've picked up Craig from the Calderdale and uh, some other guys from there. So, yeah, I think they're definitely, you know, one of the best teams in, in the actual whole division. We'll move into the fourth place. That's you guys, one, one, and three. The uh, the draw being the Ronin game, and then you. It was a close game against the Vipers Orange, twenty six nineteen. I mean, we'll, we'll have a quick look at week three for you guys. You've got the the Buccaneers, who are currently on the exact same record, one, one, and three. How do you see that game going? Well, they're kind of a. Uh bogey team is such in that um, every time we've played them we've lost but from what I remember they've always been quite close games and quite you know really competitive um, maybe because they wear red like us I don't know but um, they're a good bunch of guys and I think this coming Saturday um, you know we want to with having home field advantage you know show them you know who's boss, basically. We, we want to beat them. Uh, it's about time we beat them. And, and hopefully, you know, this, this coming Sunday we can. So we'll move up the table to a team that don't wear reds. So that'll be the Nottingham Bears, currently 4-1. and one, Just edged out 26-13 by the Blackhawks. And then just a one-point win over the Samurai. Do you see the Bears or the Blackhawks finishing in that second spot behind the Samurai? That's a tricky one. I I think it's going to be based down towards the heads heads between the two of them um, as to who will come second. Um, the Bears still have a you know a couple of games against us. Not that they're saying anything, but um, you know we've always gave them a, a good game. Um, so I think after this. Weekend, we'll be able to see a clearer picture, you know, with the cross-conference ones to see how well they actually do against some of the teams over the other side, like because the older males are doing really well um, and teams like that. So, I, I, I don't know, really. I think possibly the Blackhawks will edge them just, but it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be very tight, that's for sure. I mean, they've got a, a one-game lead over the Bears at the moment in the head-to-head. I mean, they played the Bears, obviously, and they also played the Sheffield Vipers Orange. Another win for the Blackhawks, 30-12. to Looking at week three, they'll be playing their cross, one of their cross-conference games against the Cavaliers, who are currently 0-4. Do you see the Cavaliers picking up their first win against the Blackhawks? Um, I'd say, unfortunately, for the Cavaliers, I'd say the Blackhawks will be too strong for them. Um, but that's not to say that the Cavaliers won't give them a good game because I know they've got some good players, so um, I'm not privy to seeing, you know, why they've not done so well this season uh, until we play them, you know, this coming weekend. But, yeah, I don't see the Cavs winning against the Blackhawks, uh, unfortunately. I just think the Blackhawks will be too strong for them. I mean, I'm going to quick look at the, the Cavaliers' scores from the, the opening games. In the first three games, I think they scored eight points across all three and then picked up a 24-point game 
in the last one, but unfortunately fell to the Bandits, 55-24. So we'll move to the top of the table this week. The lead Samurai, 4-1. and one. Only ahead on points difference, but as I mentioned before, it is a big points difference. They're currently 197, whilst the Newcastle Blackhawks are on plus 70, so there's a lot of catching up to do. But with their cross-conference games, they'll be up against the Warrington Revolution Cogs, who are currently 2-1-2. and How do you see this one going? Well, I think with what happened last season, in that Warrington went up and Leeds went down based on their game against each other. Um, even though it's not the same players, but it's still the same, you know, kind of franchise. I think that Leeds are going to want to, you know, stick one to them, basically. And um, I'm pretty sure that Kyle and the boys are going to be wanting to, like, you, you know, get over 50 against them uh, just to increase their, their points difference as well. Um, I know it sounds harsh and warranting, but I think that's what they're going to want to do. Um, I'm not sure how good a team the Warrington Cogs are, but but based on the um, you know the first team, uh, if they're anything to go by, I'm sure they're no pushovers. So uh, it's going to be quite interesting. But I think that Leeds are going to want to really stick it to them. Okay, Rudy, good luck in the upcoming games and I'll look forward to talking to you after they all win. Thank you. Good luck to you guys too and everyone out there. Hello and welcome to week two of the SEC podcast um, with myself, Andrew of The Smoke. And what a week we had in the first week. He says as he gets the scores back. Um, so two undefeated teams, London Smoke and the Big Street Button Hookers. The Rebels went one and one. Victoria Park Panthers, host for the game day, went one and two. And the Reading Lions started off slow behind Nick and Co with a Owen free start. So Baker Street really had a great start from their new signings in Jesse Sullivan, former London Stormer. He uh, was a real weapon from centre, and especially in the first game where he had four to five touchdowns. And alongside that, you had Wyatt, who had a great juggling catch in the first half of the Rebels game, which was most likely the game of the week there. It was uh, tight in the first half, finished at 20-12, and we ended up with a 34-30 scoreline, with London Rebels having the drive to win. Outside of that we had some quite one-sided affairs. Uh, London Smoke winning 74-8 to versus Reading and Reading Lions losing to VPP 19-51 uh, there. Outside of that we had quite a good a good tight first half between VPP and Smoke which eventually led to a 19-34 win for London Smoke. As we look ahead to the next game week Hi and welcome to the Southwest Conference 1A Game Day 2 review. My name's Dale Davis, I'm the head coach of the Grand Gators and joining me today to look back at the previous game day is the man, the myth, nay, the legend that is, oh hang on, Paul was last week, wasn't he? 
it's, it's Exeter Falcons team president, former Falcons QB, and the Southwest Conference law, Lewis Phillips. Hello. How are you doing? Not bad, Lewis. How are you? Um, apart from a broken foot, I'm all right. Any excuse not to play, I don't know. Scare <laughs> <laughs> um, me, get it down. Pardon? You scare me. Ah, <laughs> scare myself. Uh, we, we're going to take a look back to the last game day, which was hosted by Sadly, We saw the last minute withdrawal of the Plymouth Wolverines due to a numbers issue. Uh, therefore, we've only got five games to review, which is kind of lucky because Lewis didn't see any of them. Well, I've got your game tape, so uh, our Falcons versus Gators game, I got a little bit of insight, so uh, I got to see that one. But yeah, otherwise, I'm just working off the scores. Well, if I'd known you were basing solely on film, I would have cut it all out just to show whatever we did. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll start off with the opening games anyway, and they were the Falcons against the Gators, which finished 32 to 6 to the Falcons, and the Hammerheads against the Supers, which super, the Supers came out 38 7 winners. So we'll we'll start with the Hammerheads Supers game, um, primarily because Lewis hasn't seen it. So it's just going to be basically look at the score and the stats, uh, and then we'll have a little chat about the Gators game against the Falcons. Uh, I was a little bit surprised, and a little bit surprised is maybe the wrong phrase, but uh, Swansea played well game day one. Um, super, so did the Supers in fairness, but I didn't see a thirty-eight-seven beating coming out of this fixture when I saw it. Have you gone walkies, Lewis? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. I might have to just keep the, the screen alive. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was a little surprised as well with that scoreline. Um, not to say that it's surprising to see from Western. You could clearly see that um, from game day one that they had some firepower. and, and um, But Swansea gave us a, a run for our money in, in that first game day and, and they, um, they they were able to pull, pull up points. I was expecting that to be a closer game, but um, I think Weston have, have actually surprised quite a lot of people this year um, with some of their scorelines. They've clearly got the, the firepower to put up points and, and 38 points uh, against Swansea shows that. Yeah, I, I mean... I I was perhaps a little bit mean towards uh, Western in the previous uh, review, but because I, I I mean Paul told me off about it that I didn't see any any anything outstanding about the team, but they execute really well and what they do they do well. Mm. Uh, they've got a couple they've got a couple of different sort of um, a different looks with the the, the indirect snap and um, the the little fake handoffs and whatnot, and it works for them. Do you know what I mean? I mean clearly it works. They put thirty eight points on Swansea. Mm. Yeah, I I actually didn't see much of Western. It's difficult when you get um when you get new teams. We didn't see an awful lot of Western in the preseason. Obviously, we saw you guys throughout the Southwest series, but we we saw a scratch Western squad at their affiliate game day, and that's all we saw them throughout the entire preseason. So it's difficult to get a, a base of. of Knowledge of, of what to expect from them, um, but they've really shot into uh, into Bamford. Why is a few people sitting at second place? Um, all wins and all the points that they, they were able to put. Yeah, and deservedly so. The, I think the challenge for the supers going forward is now that most teams have played them or seen them, uh, they'll know a little bit more about them, and it's it's 
being able to adjust on the flight, a team's adjusting to their offense. That'll be the, the sort of next thing for them. Yeah, and, and I think that's um, that's going to be a big a big part of any team's development when your new team is now no one's no one's going to be surprised anymore. You know, the, the the expectations are high. You kind of got a bit of a target on your back. It's just like, okay, we underestimated you. We're not going to make that mistake again. Yeah. Uh, so that was that in a nutshell. Uh, we'll move on to the Falcons against the, the Gators. Um, I'm going to put my cards on the table and say I'm going to be slightly homerish towards uh, this conversation. But uh, the, I, I personally, you've seen, you've seen the, the footage. Uh, I personally don't think that the scoreline fully reflects the game we give you. Um, we, we shot ourselves in the foot a little bit on offense and defense. We gave up two or three very, very silly um, scores. But I think experience showed out. Uh, sounds like an excuse. We only had eight or nine guys for the day. But you guys executed. We didn't. And I think there was, it was a deserved win. But I, again, it might, might sound biased, but I think the scoreline flattered you a little bit. I think, I think that's fair. I think, um, I think defensively, we, we were just on point. All day. I mean, conditions I know were difficult. It was windy. And offensively, I think we were able to manage that really well and use the, the conditions to our advantage. And I think that starts with, with defence. Uh, and I think the way that you could, you could you can see it on the film, um, how how our defence was able to frustrate teams. I mean, we shut out Swansea and, and didn't allow any points, which was massive con- considering the last game they gave us was really close. Um and I think, yeah, defence was just near perfect all day. Um, and then Jay was able to just run the offence uh, really clinically, use the um, use the conditions to his advantage. And, and it's, it's speaking from experience, when you've got a defence that is just executing on every drive and you've got that confidence, it, it makes the quarterback's job so much easier. Uh, and yeah, I think that's ultimately what it came down for. Defense, our defense was on on point. I mean, that, looking back, I, I've looked at. I haven't fully watched it through, but I've, I've watched snippets of it. Uh, but from memory, I mean, the very first drive, uh, everyone was talking about the wind. I know the wind's going to be a factor, and there's not going to be any thirty, forty yard passes. Um, and we said it's going to be short stuff, intermediate stuff, take it away. Uh, and they were doing a lot of this. Um, Paul coming across the middle on a slant. Uh, and then we were about 15 yards from our own goal line. And for some reason, um, the defensive captain decided to call a switch in formation and go with single high. And you could, I, I could see Joe. He looked at the, he looked at the formation as, as the snap came. He sort of went to pass over the middle, realised what was happening, and just threw it. I think it was, I think it was Ed. It might be Ed or Paul. Threw a fade into the corner. And I'm like, it's only 15 yards out. Why, why are we giving up corners? Yeah. You know, we we now know you're, you're predicated on passing it over the middle, so we've got to stop that. Don't change it to take it away. We solve it with the base situation we've got. But uh, that was kind of the uh, the running theme for most of the first half was we need to stop and take away the middle. And we did it a little bit more in the second half. But like I said, there's a couple of blown coverages which left. Um, I don't know your guy's name. Um, he's a new face to me anyway. Oldish guy, not much here. Apologies in advance, but uh, oh, that's true. Number sixteen could well have been. I like I said names names escape me, yeah. uh, but him and Paul left free on a fly. Uh, I'm watching him blow by safety, going, "Oh Jesus!" 
<laughs> like I said, it is what it is. It was a hodgepodge um, of guys on defence who haven't played together before. These things happen. Yeah, and like I said, I think it was. I think um, it was a fair result. And um, like I say, I, I, kudos to our defence made the offences uh, offences job really easy all day, um, keeping them ahead in games and allowing Joe not to sort of get behind or have to force anything. Kept it really relaxed and. and, and to, to be fair, I mean, we'll mention the defence part later on in the, in the recording, but that's one thing I think throughout the year so far, I say the year, the first two game days, I don't think you've really been massively behind in a game. And that takes a lot of pressure off your offence. You, know, you haven't got to score in this drive. Uh, yeah. and like I said, that helps you a lot. It takes, it, takes, it takes the lid off the pressure a bit. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so that was game, that was game one. Um, then we had um, a one nil walkover win to the Gators, yay! Um, uh, because of the forfeit to the for the Wolverines, um, so we only had a single game at uh, game two, which was a somewhat surprising result. But when you watched it, why was uh, Weston against Swindon, and that finished thirty nine twenty six to Swindon. I would love to have seen that game. That's the one that pops off the off the, the results page to me. Um, when you see a game that is is that sort of highly scored between both teams, I never for a neutral, I think that would have been a really good game to watch. Um, admittedly, I was wondering about. I wasn't paying full attention because some of our guys were refing her anyway. Uh, but from what I saw, it seemed to be a bit of a missed tackle fest. Uh, that's that's not to take away from the uh, offensive and defensive exploits of both teams, but every time I seemed to watch something, somebody was gaining 10, 15, 20 yards on a little dump off pass. So there, there seemed to be a lot of missed tackles, which seemed to be a theme for a lot of teams on the on the day. To be fair, you look at I, I think some of the players that are on those teams, and I can, I can see that Sam Matthews for Western is is shifty, and he's he can, he's got moves to to avoid tackles. And Luke McEnroe is one of the best in the southwest of doing it. Uh, that guy can do this. You've really got to tackle him as a unit and box him in and stop him going anywhere. He will make you miss. I mean, I, I know Swindon only brought oh, six or seven on the game day, uh, and admittedly they only had the one fixture to worry about. But they've got um, a new Q. I say a new QB. It's the first time I've seen him play, yeah. um, and he he looked he looked good to be fair. And their offense seemed to click a lot better. Their defense looked pretty solid as well, in fairness. Uh, so it'll be interesting in later games because we've yet to play Swindon uh, to see what sort of um, squad they bring uh, and how and how they how they face up like. Yeah, Swindon, Swindon really surprised me actually in a good way when we played them in the first uh, in the first game the game first game day in Exeter. Yeah, that I think their new quarterback is afraid, but their new quarterback um, has really kind of changed uh, a lot in that camp. They, their offense looks much slicker, and the playbook is is much more complicated. And they've got cheeky little quarterback option runs and. We, I think we shut them out like 26-0, but it, that flatters us. Their offense was really good. Their, their defense was, uh, they had a couple of interceptions just go straight through their hands and that could have changed how the game looked. Um, but yeah, they've really come on leaps and bounds from last year. And look good. I think if they, can, if they can bolster their numbers a little bit, come with, um, come with a full squad to a game, they, they've definitely got potential to uh, bring some surprise um, Surprise score lines on people, and I think that thirty nine twenty six 
uh, probably surprised to come I'm coming for them because they work hard for it. I, I think it's fair to say that they're not the Swindon Storm of 2018. Absolutely not. No, you can tell that. Uh, so then we uh, move on to the, the last two games. Admittedly, they were played singly uh, rather than on separate pitches. Uh, but we had the, the Gators against the Supers, which the Supers finished 27-13 winners. And the Falcons against the Hammerheads, which finished 14 to zip to the Falcons. So I, I'm assuming you haven't seen any game footage of the Falcons because they were probably filming the, our game. Yeah. Uh, have you had any feedback on it? Because admittedly, I didn't see hardly any of this game. Um, not really. Uh, again, I think it was it was just a testament to the to the defense. Um, they they kept you know put, putting up a, a zero is always, always a massive thing, but. Defense were, were great all day, and um, and I think again that made it a lot easier for the offense to move the ball. Um, the touchdowns is probably probably a little light than I would like to see, um, but I mean they they get, really gave us a run for our money in the first game. So uh, uh, yeah, I was pleased to see that one. I mean, the, it, it, in all, all honesty, the only thing I can recollect from that game is um, I happened to be. Passing by uh, Swansea's defense when their offense was on the field, and I, I overheard them saying something about uh, safety out of position again or something. So, or they might have been a mix up defensively, but it, I wasn't, ex- whilst I'm not surprised to see them be held to a zero, uh, I was surprised that it was, you know, a blank all day because I thought they, they knew quarterback Ashley, he's played well uh, since he's came along, and it's freed Harley up to play receiver. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, you know, again, your Falcons D to be hold, to be holding Swansea to nothing. It's it's a pretty good job. Yeah, I I, I agree. Ashley's done wonders for that team, um, and I think it's starting. Like no disrespect to to Harley and and his quarterback in. He's he was a great quarterback, but I think he's with a with a, a quarterback like Ashley and him being able to. I think his talents lie more um, in moving, and he he. Paul likes to talk about how he Randy Mossed me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it may have been mentioned, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so some sometimes you just gotta doff your cap and say, yeah, you know what? He's a tall guy. He's got hops. I was in. I was actually in pretty good position, but Ashley put that ball where only Harley could get it, and um, and I was. It was just just out of my reach. And uh, he took it off the top shelf. So fair play. It was a really good, really good, really good play. And I think I, I saw a couple of uh, couple of plays from Harley actually in game day one where he was come tapping at the sideline and you know making those those outreach passes. So I think the move to wide receiver for him, a quarterback like Ashley who's got a, a laser for an arm, that'll that'll help them a lot. Uh, and, and they'll they'll come along. Better. I think they've got a couple of couple of things they need to do on defense. Um, but hey, they they are certainly trending in the right direction. Yeah, they're, again, they're the second year team. They're improving. Um, I, I know they they picked up one or two new guys, Ashby and one of them, uh, David Camp from Plymouth. So you know they, they've got a bit more experience, a uh, bit more stability in the squad, which I think always helps. So yeah, they are going in the right direction. Yeah, and I I've got to say. Being a QB myself, I I, I, I can admire technique, and I, I'll I am biased. I do think our our QB Harry has got a lovely technique on him. Ashley's mechanics are fabulous to watch. Uh, I I can I could watch him throw all day. It's just very smooth. It's not sort of jilty or 
disjointed. It's just a fluid motion. It's nice to watch. Yeah, and he, he puts it in the right place and he puts it in there hard. The ball looks good coming out. Got a tight spiral. Yeah. I, I don't think I've often seen him throw a, a duck. They, they're nearly always a nicely thrown pass. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to um, the Supers against the Gators. Um, we actually started quite well in this one and we were either 13-6 or 13-7 up at the half. Um, the, the second half, admittedly, the Supers came back at this, but it, it turned into a missed tackle fest. Uh, there was one one play somewhere in the second half where the QB, I think it's, is it Matt? Yeah, Matt. Uh, he, he dumped the pass off short, and I'm talking just over the, the, the line of scrimmage, about 20 yards out. Uh, the blitzer changed his angle, missed the tackle. The corner missed the tackle. And then our safety missed the tackle, going up the sideline, and we're just like, what? There's three guys that have had dibs on his flag and missed. And again, it was just one of those days for us on defense that it just didn't seem to click for us. Um, but to be fair, the Super, I mean, we kept working, but the, the, the Supers did a good job on defense, um, didn't give us much joy. Uh, there was a moment just before half time, um, a two minute drill. We, uh, one of our safeties who was playing receiver, uh, was wide open in the end zone and he dropped it, which would have given us at least a 27 lead going into the half. But like you said, it's just one of those days. It just didn't work, but it hasn't worked for us particularly in the first two game days. But you know, used to bigger and better things going forward. But supers were full worth it, full value for their win. Yeah, again, they, they, I think they've shocked a couple of people, and I think deservedly are where they are. Their defense looks really good, and if you can go an entire game day like game day one without without giving up a single point, then that's gonna that's gonna wake some people up to it. Uh, yeah, they've, and got, I, I, um, they've got Andrew Cragg as well now. I believe has uh, transferred over from Cardiff um, and he's playing for Western now. So that'll only that'll only bolster them and you know give them extra talent. Yeah, and, and experience, which I mean they haven't showed that they've needed to be fair yet, but the the extra experience of someone who's like the, he's played for Cardiff. Um, he had a little sort of dalliance with the Trojans last year, so he's been about a bit. He's got some experience in the flag league, so. You know, yeah, something you can, can offer from that point of view as well. If you can bring some of the things from, you know, like in training sessions every week, if you can bring some of what, whatever, whatever they're drinking in Cardiff, if you can bring that to your team, then you know that's only going to help you. So yeah, we'll see how, how the crag effect uh, has with Western. I look forward to playing them. We haven't actually played them yet. Um, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm hoping that I'll be fit and healthy to play that one. Uh, so we'll move on to the current standings, and they are as follows. Um, Exeter Falcons still top with a perfect 5 from 5. Mm. Then we got Western, who are holding on to second with a 4 and 1 record. Uh, Swindon leap up into third with a 2 win, 1 loss, 1 tie record. Uh, the Gators dropped to fourth with a 2 win, 4 loss record. The Hammerheads down to fifth with a 1 win, 1 draw, 3 loss record. And then Plymouth propping up the bottom with an 0-5 record. So before we move on to a quick uh, preview of game day three, which uh, begins the cross-conference games, uh, a couple of name checks here that I'd like to throw out. Uh, we got the Falcons' Ed McKenna. He's leading the league in interceptions with six. Oh, boy. Uh, there's a few Falcons in this, so you'll be prepared to cheer, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, Joe Cooley-Joy is leading the league with passing TDs with 19. Um, Paul Hindle is clearly his favourite target as he's leading the receiving TDs with 10. 
Uh, and Swansea's David Camp is the sack leader with five. So, moving on, May 18th, which is this coming Saturday, this Saturday, last Saturday, depends on when you were listening to this. Uh, it's the first cross-conference games uh, with Reading Knights hosting one and the Southern Reapers hosting the other. There's an awful lot of games going on because I think every team is playing three games. Uh, so, I've boiled down or picked out a couple of what I think are going to be decent matchups. Uh, have you got any before I go into mine, Lewis? Yeah, I've got a, I've, I've noted down a couple of games that uh, I think are going to be some pretty marquee matchups. Um, do you want to go to Reading first or Andover? I I've just I've got five games here across both um, locations. So I think the uh, the I've split mine out between which and which. So I think I think the Reading game day is going to be um, the most interesting one uh, to keep an eye on. Just because it's got um, two out of the three teams from Southwest B that I think uh, the Southwest B division is really interesting, and I think um, it's going to come down. Uh, no disrespect to any of the other teams, not mentioned, but I think it's going to come down to uh, just the um, Southern Reapers or Reading Knights. Um, yeah, and Chichester and Reading will uh, are both present at the um, at the Reading hosted. Most conference game day, so those uh, those are some of the games that I think are going to be really interesting. The the um, couple that I've got, I've got the Swindon Storm versus the Bucks Wolves two. Uh, I think is one that is is, is going to be worth a, worth a matchup. Two kind of sort of it's it's tough to get an idea of uh, of what the um, Southwest B division is in terms of strength because you've got. Bucks Wolves have got two teams in there, and I believe the second one is uh, bottom. But I mean, that's a it's, a it's a very talented division. No, I, th- I think the Hellhounds are bottom, and the, oh, yeah, the Wolves that's right, yeah. just above. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, I mean, having to go up against the likes of Chichester and Southern and Reading um, twice a year is always going to be a tough ask. And, and I think Swindon, uh, similarly, uh, in the kind of in terms of strength, I think they're quite evenly matched. I think they'll be. So that's one of the ones I've got um, to look out for at that game day. The other one I think will be really interesting will be uh, you guys, the Gators versus the Knights. Um, we we played the the Reading Knights in the play playoff final uh, in Manchester uh, back in uh, October, I think it was September, October, I can't remember. Um, and they're a really good squad, uh, and they're a really nice bunch of guys, and they're super talented, really well drilled. You can you can really tell that. You know they they go, they go to practice, and I think that comes down from uh, the the university squad. But equally, if you guys, I think the Gators, if they turn up, they can give them a game. You know, and and uh, I think I think for you, it'll it will depend on what kind of squad you can take to Reading. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one I'll be keeping an eye on. Okay, well, I you you've only pinched one of my five. You've done better than Paul. Um, <laughs> I, I flagged up Chichester against Swindon. Because uh, given the Swindon seem to be on the ascendancy, Swindon see, uh, Chichester seem to be the, the powerhouse of that division. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how those two match up. Uh, I've got the Gators against Reading. Uh, again, the good team, see how we match up against them. Uh, the Sharks against the Gators. Because uh, if, you know, if, if, if there's any time for us to make a statement in this frigging league, <laughs> uh, it's again. It's against one of the teams that are fancy for promotion from the other league. 
Um, the Supers against the Wolves. Uh, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup because, again, uh, the Wolves, I think they're third, but pushing for second. Uh, Super second in our league. Uh, defensively looks strong, so it'll be interesting on a matchup with them. Yeah. And then I got the. That's one of the ones I highlight as well from the Andover matchups is Western versus Bucks Wolves. I think I think you're right. Wolves they they're third at the moment, but I mean they've got they've got to tackle with, with these three other teams that are really really good. Um, and yeah, for me, not knowing, uh, you know, I don't go to the game day divisions obviously in the division obviously, but from what I know of the teams um, and seeing their scores, I think Bucks. Could could very well feel a little bit hard done by that. Um, you know, fourth probably doesn't um, probably isn't. You know, it's probably they're probably better than fourth, but they're in a really tough division. So yeah, I think that game with Western um, is going to be a really interesting one to watch. I think that'll be a good matchup. And then lastly, I've got uh, your guys, the Falcons against the Wolves. Against the Wolves, see, I I picked out the Falcons versus the Reapers because I think. Uh, that's that's it, it was it was a toss up, admittedly, and I, in hindsight, it probably should have gone for the Reapers because I'd already tied the Wolves with the Supers. But I thought, you know, the the, the, the Wolves seemed to be, you know, um, uh, I can't think of the right word, but like you sort of intimated, the the team that see, that almost could be feel hard done by that they in the position they are. So. That's that's what I plumped for anyway. But yeah. they're by no means by no means a team to be taken lightly, or we don't want to you know go into it too complacent. But I think the Falcons Reapers Reapers could very well. Um, I think they've got the between between the Reapers and the, and the Sharks. I think the winner of that division is going to be one of those two teams. And I think uh, if we can if we can get a foot up, uh, it'll be a real test for us going up against Southern. I think. Um, and, and seeing sort of playing outside of our division and teams of that caliber really, you know, it's kind of like top of the division teams, and it'll be a good test for us and good for the benchmark to see where we are um, against sort of. Um, and I've just got last, um, just for shits and giggles, really. Uh, Plymouth against the Hellhounds. Yeah. Uh, if one or both turn up. Uh, it's the, the the battle of the basement. So, uh, you know, hopefully somebody's got to come out on top. And knowing Plymouth, they'll manage another bloody draw. <laughs> yeah, I, I I put this one with a question mark as well. I think this could be a good game for the neutrals. Because um, like I say, someone's got to win. Uh, and it'll either be, um, you know, it'll either be a defensive slog and it'll be really low low scoring or it could be the opposite and defences just don't show up and we could end up having a, um, you know, a shootout. So yeah, I think that's definitely one. Thing. Like I say, there's no at the moment. There's no sort of position battles. There's no you know, it's it's tough to make it to the playoffs when you start out zero and five. So there's you know, they they weigh on down. But um, yeah, I think for the neutral, it'll be a good game. Yeah, and I know after this game, we're in theory only halfway through our, our league season. Uh, but given the way the league structure's fallen with fixtures, uh, we'll have played the Gators now. We would have played nine games so far. So, you know, if if we pick up one win or blank, uh, God help me, doesn't, uh, we're then looking at like two and seven, uh, which is a really, really tall mountain to climb out of then. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's an important one for us. Uh, 
uh, you know, I, it's important one for all teams, I suppose, but especially for us, if we want to get going uh, before it's too late and we're going to miss out on the playoff bus. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, is, it is interesting. I love, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate of these cross-conference games. Um, it's it's really nice to stay outside the division. Uh, and it's a good opportunity to kind of get, get a couple of extra wins in your, in your win column without having to go up against teams in your division. I mean, you, if you lose the cross-division teams, then, you know, against those teams, it doesn't look so much, but it can really um, affect within your division, you know? I mean, and the other thing I look at, and that's what I've kind of said to our guys, is that, yes, in, in a way, we're stepping into the unknown, because, I mean, I suppose most people would know of the Chichester Sharks. Uh, I mean, Neil's been about, Christ, too many years, I suppose. But, but with, with respect to all the other teams, nobody really knows anything about it. So, uh, but conversely, they don't know nothing about us. All they've seen is like, you know, if you look at the league table, well, the Gators are fourth, or oh, Swansea are fifth, or oh, they should be pushovers. But w- without actually seeing the teams play, you know, you could turn up there and all of a sudden, you know, Swansea and us go there and sweep the day. Yeah. Uh, because nobody knows really anything other than what they're seeing on paper. So it's going to be an interesting one. And it has been an interesting start to the division. I think, like I say, you guys are so much better than two and four. Um, you you showed that by sweeping the uh, the Southwest series um, and taking that away from Cardiff. So it's been a rocky start, I think, for you guys. And, and I think if you can do it, uh, yeah, you can see you've got that element of maybe people are underestimating you because you're two and four and you're sitting in fourth in the Southwest 1A. Who knows? Anything, any given Sunday, yeah. any, any given Sunday, right? Yeah, hey, I, I, I could sit here for hours and, and tell you the merits and reasons as to why we are that way. But like I keep telling our guys, the record doesn't, to me, accurately represent what we're capable of. We've got to put that right. Yeah, absolutely. And similarly with, with Swansea, you know, they've got one in man, they... So they pushed us for. They, 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 they've played much better than one and five in fairness. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. They gave us a scare the first time round, and um, yeah, one 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 three is not representative of that. Yeah. I'm sure there's there's you know similar uh, instances in in the Southwest B division where I think I think will probably um, will probably think that they're better than a fourth place. Yeah, so it could all be changed, the divisions, by uh, this time next week. Absolutely. Right, well, that's about it for me. Lewis, if you want any shout-outs or anything to add before we uh, wrap up? No, you, you, I guess you've done all my shout-outs. My, my boys, uh, yeah, they're doing, they're doing good work. Um, yeah, you mentioned them all already. <laughs> Get in before your critics. <laughs> right, well, thank you very much for joining me, Lewis. Um, Hopefully uh, you've enjoyed it and we'll uh, bring you up to speed of the cross-conference games hopefully in a week or two. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. I'll see you on Saturday in my crutches. (laughs) Thank you very much, guys. Peace out. Peace out. Unfortunately, you're going to have to put up with my voice again for another week as I will be reviewing... And previewing games covering the SWC Premier. Got quite a lot to get through, so I'm going to go straight in. So I'll be first reviewing the games from the 28th of April. And we'll get straight into it with Cardiff versus the Northampton Titans. 
Cardiff came out on top, 32-14. Uh, the game never really looked like it was getting away from them. Titans put up a very respectable performance, um, scoring 14 points against these boys. I know it doesn't seem a lot, but they're just on fire at the moment. Uh, Cardiff were missing top receiver Karras for majority of the game, and then he didn't actually return for the whole of the game day. I think he, I think he had an ankle injury or a leg injury in the end, but it didn't stop these boys rolling. Um, pretty sure the centre Chris Jones had the game of his life, scoring at least four touchdowns, possibly more. So these boys just keep rolling on to the next game day. Um, Titans missing a few players. That can't be uh, understated. So missing their quarterback, starting quarterback, Matt Tibbles, is going to hurt them. But Sam did a great job. So the game did finish in Cardiff's favour, but Titans should take um, take much from it. They take quite a lot from this game because they did play well and we did manage to watch them. So it did help them into the next game, which was... The Aylesbury Vale Spartans versus the North Ants Titans. North Ants Titans did win 25-14. As I said, um, they really did get going against Cardiff and, and looked pretty good at times. So I think it helped them come into this game and eventually beat the Spartans. I did have them winning the game. I, I did say it'd be a lot tighter, but uh, unfortunately for Spartans, again, missing a few players. So I think that hurt them a little bit in this game that they were missing sort of Allman on the offence and I think they missed a few defensive players and Titans are a good side they, they're going to put up points regardless so they had the Spartans down against the ropes on this one and they came out on top next up we had the Aylesbury Vale Spartans again versus the Cardiff Hurricanes almost identical score from the first game day for the Cardiff when they beat the Titans by this margin it was Cardiff 61 Spartans 32 Again, it's 32 points. It's a lot of points. I know there'll be arguments it's a 30-point margin in between the loser and the winner, but Spartans came out firing, and unfortunately, against Cardiff at the moment, it's just not enough. You know, you score 32 points, you expect to win, but Cardiff came out on top, 61-32. Next game, we have ourselves, the Bedford Blackhawks, and the North Ants Phantoms, and this was a great game to be part of. We knew coming into this one, Phantoms are not to be messed with. They beat us last time by three points, so it's a tight one. But as I said in the last podcast, I actually genuinely think the Phantoms play better on the day, so we knew we had to pull it out of the bag. We eventually won by 40 points to 38. Uh, Absolute shootout again, back and forth, and it had just about everything this game. Um, kudos to the Cardiff boys for reffing it because we both sides put them through their paces. There was all sorts calls going both ways. Um, a few players getting injured. Myself, I mean, I didn't last very long. Um, story of my life. Uh, no, I didn't last very long. Hamstring playing absolute havoc from my whole game day. So I watched from the sidelines and it was great spectator. In the end, it came down to the last two minutes and uh, the Cardiff, excuse me, the Phantoms came driving right down to the 10-yard line, ended up being an incomplete ball and then the, the game ended. So we next have the Phantoms as well. Coming off a tough loss against us, against the Cardiff Hurricanes this time. So it was North Ants Phantoms versus the Cardiff Hurricanes in the next game. Cardiff, as expected, won the game. It was 52-14, putting up massive points once again. Phantoms, as I said, I didn't believe they'd they'd get blown out. I knew they'd win, excuse me, I knew they'd score some points. But 
again, it's just not enough. 14 points isn't going to win you a game regardless, but against Cardiff, you really have to be scoring on every offensive drive. So that one ended with the Cardiff boys already 2-0. That left them to 3-0 on the day, and they were done. And last but not least, the Bedford Blackhawks versus the North Ants Titans. Um, this game, both teams knew it was the last one of the day. Had to pull it out of the bag. Um, so I'm going to set the table a little here. And these opinions are of mine only. They are not a reflection of what the Bedford Blackhawks believe. This is me being part of the Bedford Blackhawks, but not speaking on behalf of them. I, as I said in the previous game, I've injured my hamstring. So I think I played two dry, uh, two plays on the first drive of the game and then had to come out. So I was watching for the majority of it and I'd like to have a debate, really. I, I wouldn't want this to be a bashing as such. And I know this is probably going to come across this way, but this is not what I intend. But I'm going to say it for what it is. It's been an age-long debate that should your off uh, offensive, excuse me, should your divisional rivals be refing your games and in my opinion the answer is no and the reason why I say this is because there's a lot that happens in a game and you have to give out to anyone that refs it's a hard job you know you're going to have calls which go both ways teams are not going to agree with one call the other team's not going to agree with the same call and it's going to go vice versa so I do ref I know what it's like it's not easy but we never bring emotions into refing. Like, we will never come into a game and not ref it fairly. We actually pride ourselves on being the team that will go into a game, regardless of what's happened in a game before, in a few weeks ago. It's going to be level playing, regardless. And that's why we will always have at least six, six refs on the field at any one time. This, even if we're not required, our coach... Always says to us, "Can I have an extra two two people either sideline just looking out for those for those fouls? Just let it be a game that everyone can enjoy." And at the moment, for me personally, I'm not enjoying playing at all, and I'm not putting that solely on the refereeing, but it's a big part of it. A, a call that's put against you that is obviously not the call that should be made can hurt can hurt your team, can hurt you personally. But this last game, the feeling that I had, and certainly a few others, it was like, why are we bothering? Like, what is the point of coming out on these games when already you know that it's going to be dodgy? And then the calls that are being made are so bad. Like, I'll set the table, such as there was a flag guarding call that was made by a ref that was standing on the other side of the pitch. So the, he called flag guarding from where he was the other side of the pitch. So we're talking about a good 25 yards away and the play was going to get away from him. So all he saw was backs running in the opposite, opposite direction. But the ref they had on the, on the sideline that could have seen it, didn't call it. And you're thinking, how on earth are you, how on earth are you seeing that? How have you seen that? And... You know, it was bubbling for a while. And then we had one where our player has come up and his shoulder is covered in blood. He's got scratches all up his back. He's been kicked from behind and he's just fallen down. And yet that same ref that called that flag guarding call didn't want anything to do with that. And yet this play was right in front of him. 
and this has injured our player in a non-contact sport. So, you know, the coach has gone over to the ref, and the first thing he said to us was, oh, but when this happened in our game, why are you bringing that up? Why is that the first thing on your mind that the game that we played against you, that's the example you're going to use? And we sat there and we're thinking, he's literally, that, that is, this is literally what's motivating him. That the, when we played and beat them, that they're still not over it. And this isn't the first time that we had it with this, this ref and, and this ref and squ- crew. Because they've refed us again after this game and it was the same. We got the same treatment. And it got to, it's got to the point now where we're playing in these games and we almost know that if we don't win the game by scoring points and playing normal flag football rules, we're not going to get it. The decisions aren't going to go in our way if this, t- if this particular team are reffing us. And that hurts to know that that's how it's set up. And I'd like it to definitely be a debate. Is it going to go anywhere? Probably not. But from where I am, it's, I'm getting sick and tired of it, if I'm honest. And it's my short period in the Prem compared to Division 1, I actually believe that the standard of refereeing is better in Division 1 and I enjoyed playing in those games because you knew you're going to get a fair game called. But I'm going to leave it at that because I've said my piece and I'd definitely like to hear your thoughts and feelings on it. If you want to DM me or if you want to just bring it up and we can chat about it, absolutely. I'm more than happy to bring this up on the next podcast and just see what other teams think. But we'll leave it there. Won't go into this one any further. We lost the game 28-22 and Titans played a hell of a game. Not to be blamed. They did what they did so they had to win. We felt we were wrong done and hopefully we can run it back and uh, when we play these boys again we'll have a chance to win but we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Um, Next game day is the 19th of May. This will be our home game day, so you all get to come to see the sights and delights of Bedford. Uh, I put that in air quotes. We have 12 games. If I'm reading this rightly, 12 flag football games on the day. So it's going to be hella busy. It's going to be back to back. And we welcome the London powerhouses. (laughs) It's great it's going to be on our home game day. So at least our friends and family can witness the greatness that belongs in London. Um, and sorry, not to excuse the Redden Lions because they're also a very good side. So we've got the Redden Lions, the London Rebels, the Victoria Park Panthers, the London Smoke, and the British Champions, the Baker Street Buttonhookers, travelling down. Oh, God. I think out of the 12 games, I have put markers against three of them for ones that I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, I'll, I'll read through the run through of the games first Victoria Park Panthers versus the North Ants Titans. The Redden Lions versus the Cardiff Hurricanes. The Baker Street Button Hookers versus the Bedford Blackhawks. The London Rebels versus the North Ants Phantoms. The Victoria Park Panthers versus the Cardiff Hurricanes. The London Smoke versus the Aylesbury Vale Spartans. The London Smoke versus the Bedford Blackhawks. The Redden Lions versus the North Ants Phantoms. The London Rebels versus the North Ants Titans. The Baker Street Button Hookers versus the Aylesbury Vale Spartans. The Reading Lions versus the North Ants Titans, the Victoria Park Panthers versus the North Ants Phantoms, and the London Rebels versus the Cardiff Hurricanes. Deep breath. So, won't do individual review uh, preview, shall I say, of these games. I'm just going to pick out the games I, I have chosen as the ones I believe are going to be very interesting. 
I first went with the Reading Lions versus the Northlands Phantoms. And the reason being is I like the Phantoms. I think they're a really good side. And I actually think they've got a good chance to get against the Reading Lions. I mean, in the Reading Lions' respect, they're playing in a very hard division. And um, they currently sit bottom of that division. And that's not a reflection of their team. Because if I'm reading this rightly, they've only played one game day. But I really think Phantoms are going to give them a good go. And... I actually really look forward to this game. The next up, I've picked the Reading Lions again against the North Ants Titans. Another game that I think is going to be very close. And I actually believe the Titans will give them a, give them a good fight, shall we say. The Titans should be expecting back quarterback Matt Tibbles. Um, Lions have a very good quarterback in Nick Shippers, I believe is how it's pronounced. Um, we've played them plenty of times with Red and Lions. They're a really good side, and I, I feel as though this one could go down to the wire. And the last game I really look forward to, this is probably going to be my favourite of the weekend, is the London Rebels versus the Cardiff Hurricanes. I hope we're either refing this game or watching this game, because I think it's going to go end-to-end. Two brilliant sides, top quarterbacks. Uh, everyone knows too much about Calvin for the Rebels. And then we've got the Hurricanes and the powerhouses that they are. We know they've been on a bit of a roll. Uh, they're solid all over the pitch. Can the Rebels slow their roll? Um, I believe they've certainly got the chance. And the Rebels find themselves in a very tough division. So are they going to come into this thinking, OK, we've got the best teams in the country or near enough in our division. Are we going to take the foot off the pedal? They absolutely shouldn't. Um, Cardiff are going to really give it to them and I'm sure this one's going to be great to watch so we're near the end and I am nearly out of breath Um, I think we'll finish off with the divisions and how they sit obviously us covering the SWC Premier I'll start with that first in first place Cardiff Hurricanes are sitting at 5-0 at second place we have the Northlands Titans sitting at 4-2 in third place, ourselves, the Bedford Blackhawks, are sitting at two and three. And at four, we have the Aylesbury Vale Spartans sitting at one and four. And at five, we have the North Ants Phantoms sitting at one and four. So the Spartans Phantoms tied for fourth and fifth place. Um, I believe point difference has the Spartans coming out on top. But after this weekend, I really do think we're going to start seeing some balance, start and see in the division even out. I mean, about three game days in, you should expect to see where it will be going. I mean, it's pretty tight at the bottom between the, ourselves, the Hawks, Spartans and Phantoms. It really can change. This next week could be that. It could see that that order completely mix up. It could see the Phantoms go to third. It could see us go to the bottom, Spartans. Who knows? So, as it is the cross-conference game day, I will just mention the divisional standing for the SEC. But, again, as I said, I don't think they've played more than one game day. So, it's still all to play for in this division. But the Smoke sit on top. The Hookers second. Rebels third. Victoria Park Panthers fourth. And the Redding Lions fifth. So, that has been your SWC review plus the SWC and SEC preview of the next cross-conference game day. And we shall see you on the field. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and 15 Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all our shows. 
Also check out our sponsor Nuola for all your customised sportswear supplies. Yeah.